It's time for Atomic Monsoon with your hosts, Psycho Andy. And the internet went, ah, Josh. That opens up a lot of possibilities in the future. (laughs) Just got me excited here. And Jedi Stephanie. They get like a staff and they try to bring him back with it and they only bring back his lower half. And now it's Atomic Monsoon. Hey, Andy. Hey, Stephanie. What do you do when you're teaching a group of students about sound? Uh, I don't know, Stephanie. What do you do when you're teaching a group of students about sound? You have them listen to Atomic Monsoon! Hey, that's us right here, right now. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I actually did that this week. Did you? I did. We We were talking about sound, and I was making the comment about microphones and radio and you know i thought there's 10 minutes left to class why not <laughs> fantastic so fantastic yeah yep. you know what else you could have had them listen to oh you could have had them listen to our friends at defam records you know i could have i should i should have done that maybe on tuesday <laughs> <laughs> you could have them listen to our friends at defam records uh which our listeners can find at defamrecords.bandcamp.com and uh, go find some some wonderful new music. Turns out it wasn't a full album that got released by the Saturn 3 last week. It was just a single. But holy cow, was it a good single. I need to go still check it out, but uh, it, I trust your word. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. No, they're good dudes, the Saturn 3. Uh, uh, they put on good shows. So once uh, they're able to do that again, I'm sure we all have that to look forward to. Indeed. So speaking of things to look forward to, and also terrible segues. Yes. Uh, I love uh, terrible seconds. Yeah, I'm quickly becoming the master of them. Uh, <laughs> so we we have done a lot of our top something lists this the the last several months. We've done our favorite movies from several decades. Uh, we've done some of our favorite anime movies as well as anime series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've done some of our have we done favorite TV shows? I feel like you know. I don't think we have done favorite TV shows yet, but uh, well, we also did favorite content creators. We did do that. Yes. Yes. Well, we should definitely do favorite TV shows in the near future. We should. Yeah. And then we've talked about some of our favorite things more singly, such as Steven Universe and mm-hmm. uh, City of Bones and Strangers in Paradise and whatnot. And I realized yes. we've we've had a lot of video game themed episodes over the last couple of years, but we've never done a list of our favorite games. Well, we should do that. We should do that right now. Right now. This okay. very second. This very second. Well, let me come up with a list. Okay, cool. I have a list of five games with some notes and some honorable mentions that I just wrote right now this very second. No way. Me too. Whoa. <laughs> Look so at us at being this. so good at yeah. what we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we've been preparing this for a while, guys. Don't tell them. I want them to think I mean, this is uh, real. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So I'm going to go first because I I bet I have an extra honorable mention because I'm really bad at making up my mind sometimes. Go ahead. Okay. So my first honorable mention for amongst my... Oh, so before that, uh, I want to say I I had... When when we talked about this last week, uh, I mean, when we talked about this just now... uh, Yes, just now. we, We both had the idea that maybe we should only do one game per franchise. So that way it's not like, oh, my five favorite games are Mega Man's one through five or Final Fantasy seven through 12 or Mm -hmm. whatever, because like, boy, those lists are super boring when it's just, oh, five favorite games and three of them are from the same franchise. So, yeah. So rule is one game per franchise. 
Yes. So as a result, this one is my honorable mention, Street Fighter, because I couldn't pick one to be my <laughs> my top five favorites. <laughs> How many Street Fighter games are there, actually? There are seven versions of Street Fighter 2 alone. Jesus Christ, Superstar. <laughs> so this this is interesting, though, because Street Fighter came out before downloadable content. Uh hmm. All of the different iterations of Street Fighter 2, were they to come out now or, or in the last decade, it would have been their Street Fighter 2 and here's some DLC with some new moves. Here's some DLC with some new characters. Here's some DLC with some new costumes, right? Wow. Um, which is what the more modern Street Fighter, like that's what Street Fighter 5 has done. There's one version of Street Fighter 5, well, two versions of Street Fighter 5 now, but all of the, the middle stuff and even the, the, mm-hmm. the new version, Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition, like it's all just DLC to Street Fighter 5. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Capcom released Street Fighter Two in 1991. We don't talk about Street Fighter One because it's abysmal. Capcom, Capcom released Street Fighter Two in 1991. They released Street Fighter Two Champion Edition, uh, which was effect like basically the same game, but allow you to do allowed you to do character versus the same character. So you could do Guile versus Guile mm-hmm. or Ken versus Ken, which you couldn't do in the original. Um, and it also allowed you to play as the four boss characters for the first time. Yeah. Then then they did like a, nine months later they did Street Fighter Two Turbo which was, or, or hyper-fighting for arcade purists, uh, which was the same game, but sped up and with new costumes and a couple new moves. Uh, then they did Street, Super Street Fighter 2, the new challengers, which introduced four new characters, and then Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which introduced one new boss character, new colors, uh, new moves, rebalancing, and a super meter, so you could do super moves for the first time. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to go into all the history of all the Street Fighters, but basically that, that's kind of what they did for most of them, or for, for several of them, is... Here's a version. Here's a refined version. Here's the perfected version of that. Um, okay. So, yeah, as a result, I think there's like 30-something Street Fighters, even though they've only ever counted up to five. Okay. <laughs> so that's totally not confusing. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is why I can't pick a favorite one, because I like a lot of them for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I just I had to be like, honorable mention, Street Fighter pick one that's uh, that is valid pick any of them that came out after 1991 because that first street fighter doesn't count it's terrible Got it. <laughs> sounds good yeah <laughs> anyways that was a lot longer than i wanted to spend talking about that uh so what's one of your honorable mentions so kind of like the street fighter thing um except not the same franchise in the sense of video games but same franchise in the sense of just the universe itself um or i'm talking galaxies. star wars yeah okay or galaxies yes um, I'm talking strictly the Star Wars video game universe. Um, there's a lot of really, really good games out there. Um, like the most recent one is Jedi Fallen Order. That one is amazing. I love it so much. I still have to finish it, but I love it. Um, and then like there's Vader Immortal, which I got to do with the, at a friend's house, which was like the coolest VR experience I ever had. But I thought back to, you know, some of the older games I played and my honorable mentions are just both Star Wars games because I could not decide between these ones and so one of my honorable mentions uh there are two of them in the sense of like there was a there was a the first one and then the sequel but i'm putting them together and that is the force unleashed series oh yeah yeah with the star killer with star killer yeah that was that was my first real introduction to kind of gameplay like that that was my first introduction to sam witwer as a voice actor and everything uh, also, it's just a couple of really awesome just action Star Wars games where you go from being a Sith to a Jedi, and it's kind of awesome. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really love the games to the point where not only do I own the first one on PS2 and the second one on the Wii, I own a DS version and I own the novelizations. Nice. So, yeah. 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 I played the first one a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was a, I know there was a demo on X360 and I downloaded that and I had fun with it. And I think my brother ended up buying it. Uh, And I played some of that. I never, I never played the second one. Uh, But I did play the hell out of The Apprentice in Soul Calibur 4 because for some reason he was in that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also, I got the Xbox 360 version, which had Yoda, uh, and he was shorter than all the characters, so no one could throw Yoda because they all reached way too high to grab him. So (laughs) that that was stupid and broken, but, you know, it was fun. So It was fun. So, all right, what about you? What's yeah. another honorable mention? Another honorable mention, uh, Metal Slug 3, specifically Metal Slug 3. Um, Metal Slug is uh, run and gun, you know, kind of platformy shooters um, uh, along the lines of like Contra. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's old school SNK. Um, I think, I think Metal Slug 3, I didn't put down the date for this, but I think it was like the 97, 98 ish mm-hmm. is when it came out. You know, you're a few military guys and you're you're off to stop uh, a, a villain that's, you know, not Saddam Hussein, not uh, Hitler, not Fidel Castro. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And you're just you're just running through and shooting and, you know, endless hordes of enemies. Um, mm-hmm. And the metal the metal slug that is the titular thing is a uh, like a tank kind of vehicle that you, you can drop into uh, and there's mm-hmm. this one introduces like there's a camel with turrets on its back that you can ride um, I think there's a is there a boat in three I don't know there's there's like seven metal slug games uh, and they're all kind of the same but three is great because you go into it thinking you're fighting uh, this evil dictator guy and mm-hmm. halfway through the game it turns out you're fighting aliens you're fighting Martians okay uh, and they're these little adorable tentacle creatures called Mars people Mm-hmm. Because uh, Japanese apparently doesn't have the word Martian, or if it did, SNK chose not to use it. So mm-hmm. uh, they're these little, like, squ- adorable squid creatures. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know, the game's. I mean, the game's super fun, and it has wonderful, very intricate sprite design. And uh, yeah. Um, and this game is ported to basically everything. Like, I just bought it on the Switch because mm-hmm. I needed to own it portably. <laughs> yeah yeah cool but yeah, you can get it on steam um i have a ps2 collection of all the metal slug games i have uh uh i don't know i, I think i have it a couple other places as well so okay. yeah it's it's super easy to come by and it's usually like between five and ten dollars so it's not you know hey if you want a game that andy likes where you get to run around and shoot a bunch of enemy soldiers and then some aliens uh metal slug three there you go yeah all right, so what's, uh, <laughs> what is your other Star Wars honorable mention, Sam? So my other Star Wars honorable mention, very much like The Force Unleashed was a game that I played a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I owned a copy of for the Wii, but then that copy just kind of died in the sense oh, that no. this, was, this was the point where like there were... Some kids will remember when they had a Wii that they would put like their disc in and like they did nothing to the disc. Like, it sat in like a case or something just unused for like a while. And then they put it into the Wii and the Wii is like, this disc doesn't work. And it's like, what do you mean this disc doesn't work? Yeah. Um, and that happened with this game. But this game was the Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. Okay. Where oh, it included. Yeah. yeah. It was. So 
the very first Lego video game was the was Lego Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, it followed episodes one, two, and three. So the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And it oh, going back and playing that and then going to play the complete saga is a trip and a half because things <laughs> did not age well in that first one. Like there's so many mechanics that now exist in Lego games that did not exist in that first one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just as time has um, gone the same, on, they figured more stuff out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the same can be said with the complete saga. It's like I went and played the uh, the third Lego Star Wars game, which is the Clone Wars. And I played that and it it's completely different than the complete saga game. But that came out like five or six years later and it was just like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah no so i i loved it because i mean it's it's quirky it's fun it's a it's a it's a two-player multi-game where you know you're not yelling at each other and killing each other and doing anything like that i mean like you might accidentally shoot each other and then you you know break into a bunch of lego bricks but i mean it's it's fun and it's lighthearted and it's a lot of and it's a great game and i'm super excited for the skywalker saga because then we're going to get all nine movies um and it's gonna be insane because those levels are about i think there's only one episode that only has five uh five levels to it Mm -hmm. and all the others have six so that Mm. would be a really long gameplay and Mm -hmm. lego star wars is the one game where i play to perfection (laughs) (laughs) like i get everything i get all the mini kits i get all the all the bricks i get it all (laughs) nice yeah yeah so yeah, no, the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Legos games are, are a lot of fun. I, I mm-hmm. uh, do enjoy those. Yeah. Um, yes. Something I should bring up other than two of my honorable mentions. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of the games on my list came up before you were born, Stephanie. So I would not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And all of the ones you came up with, I'm going to guess, came out after you were born. Um, I would hope so. Yeah, well, <laughs> you could say I, I only ever owned a PS2 for a longest time before I got a DS. So. Okay. Okay. No, but I think that that's going to be that's going to be cool because uh you know, we're going to have this list of of 15 games with the honorable mentions, but like it's mm-hmm. going to span kind of all of gaming. Uh yeah. you know, from from my late 80s entry up through, you know, whatever your most recent uh well, one of mine is arguably 2019. We'll get into that. Uh but yeah, uh, yeah. I have a 2018 one. Okay, so. cool. Yeah, so we're going to have a 30-year span for these 15 games, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, also, it just kind of proves that I'm quickly becoming an old man because I only <laughs> I only want to play old games. So, <laughs> Look, sometimes but, the old stuff is just that much better. <laughs> and I have definitely mentioned before on the podcast that, like, I, you know, I joke about it, but like, honestly, it's kind of true. Like, gaming sort of ended for me with the, the Sega Dreamcast, which uh, celebrated its 21st anniversary of release this month or this week. Oh, actually. awesome! Yeah, yeah, it was nine nine ninety nine when it came out. So. Uh, yeah, that, that was after, like, I, you know, I had a, I have a PS2, um, and, and the PS2 is honestly probably the best game. Uh, Josh and I had this argument over on one of our early episodes between the, the, what, is it the, the 3DS or the PS2, which one's the greatest gaming console of all time? Mm-hmm. It's debatable between those two and, and, uh, just because of the sheer number of games available for them. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, everything, you know, I had an Xbox 360, I have a Switch, but, uh, I had, I have a Wii U, um, mm-hmm. But like nothing, nothing has spoken to me since uh, the Dreamcast era, you know. Um, Makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a result, I like a lot of old stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is your third honorable mention? My third honorable mention uh, is from 1997. So you were alive. Um, I was. <laughs> I was two. Yeah. Maybe three, yeah. depending on the yeah. time of year. Um, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. 
which Ooh. is yeah yeah um this game had a had a big impact on my life um and i couldn't not mention it but one of the things that i when i really sat down to make this list i i was like okay but when i sit down to play games what are the five games i sit down to play most often and so those had to be the five that i picked right now as my top mm-hmm. five but i can't yes. not talk about symphony um mm-hmm. so just real quick symphony of the night is the reason that the term metroidvania exists uh hmm. like it it, the term is is a portmanteau of Metroid and Castlevania, Metroidvania, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, sandbox platformers with areas that are locked off or blocked until you get keys or new abilities to to get to the next part. That's yeah. basically the definition of that genre. Um, between Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which was a three-year span, maybe, maybe four-year. I don't remember if Super Metroid came out in 93 or 94. Either way, only a few years, those two games came out you know, within within a couple years of each other and basically defined a genre that didn't exist. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you can argue that the original Metroid came out in 1987, but that genre didn't didn't matter, arguably, until Symphony of the Night came out. Yeah. And, and Symphony of the Night is just, it's amongst the pixel-based sprite. I mean, like, everything's in HD now, and, and, you know, games literally look like Saturday morning cartoons and better than a lot of the cartoons I grew up with in, in many cases. But mm-hmm. for the 90s, Symphony of the Night is maybe maybe the most beautiful 2d sprite work all right of the decade <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean someone's gonna be like no andy you forgot this game and i'm like you know what you're right i did forget about this game but it's it's still i mean symphony's up there and the soundtrack by i'm gonna hope i pronounce this right Michiru yamane okay. i don't speak japanese i'm so sorry uh anyways that soundtrack's so great that i own it on vinyl dang yeah yeah so uh, again, I couldn't not mention this game, but uh, I'm not going to go into depth. Just it's great if you have any uh, mm-hmm. almost everything except for the Switch has some version of Symphony of the Night available. Uh, anything nice. that's in the modern console. So uh, if you have never played Symphony of the Night, I highly recommend it. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you have, um, play it again. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. All right. So now let's, let's get into our list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know if you if you put yours in order at all. Um, I know what my number one is, but the rest of mine are all kind of shuffled up. But yeah, what is uh, what is one of your five, if not number five? So one of my five, if not number five, um, this is a recent one. And by recent, I mean like in the past month recent. Oh, um, okay. So uh, the game is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Okay. Okay. Which came game. out? Yeah, came out what last year? Maybe twenty eighteen, right? But uh, it said I'm actually looking at the wiki site, and it says November sixteenth, twenty eighteen. So it came out the day before I got married. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. But yeah. So the thing is, though, so I had, like I said, I had a, I had a DS for a long time, and I have played many variations of Pokemon. Sure. I've played, uh, I think it's Soul Silver and. What uh, Heart Gold? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I've played those ones. Primarily the Soul Silver version. I've played Sun and Moon because my brother had a copy of Moon, uh, and I've played a couple of the other variations or seen them be played. Um, but my problem was is I've I've never finished a game of Pokemon. That is actually my problem. I okay. I will play up to a point where I face a gym leader and then the gym leader like keeps defeating me and then I just get frustrated and I don't want to spend the time running around 
leveling up to go back and fight them again, so I just stopped playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's Go Pikachu is the one game where I have actually dedicated my time to actually leveling up and actually going after these things that I have made it further than I ever have before. Nice. And it's kind of just crazy how... I mean, because the game itself, I don't know if you've ever played, Andy, but the game uh, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, it's based on Red and Blue, the first Pokemon game. Right, yeah. Like, it it follows the storyline and everything to a T. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's so crazy to think that now I'm actually making it to these other levels and stages and things like that um, that I never made it to before playing a Pokemon game that it's making me like if I actually manage to finish it I'm gonna like I'm telling myself that like I'm gonna go on to Amazon and I'm gonna buy either Sword or Shield which is the brand brand new one and play that one all the way through and see if maybe I was just in a weird video game funk that you know yeah I needed to get out of with Pokemon, but it was, it has been an absolute lovely game to play. It's so like Pikachu is so cute and they, there are so many mechanics that they have updated and fixed from what like previous games that I played that just make it easier to, f- and a lot more fun. So yeah. Plus yeah. cheek plus sometimes looking at the walkthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I, you know, I, I, I'm a little too old for Pokemon. Uh, mm-hmm. which, which is, I mean, like, that's a dumb thing to say. You're never too old or too young for anything, but like Pokemon yeah. came out like while I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I, I don't know, there was, and, and uh, there were kids, you know, in, in high school, uh, that played it and, and loved it and stuff. And there was something about mm-hmm. it that I just, I couldn't connect with. Uh, yeah. but I do appreciate that. Like man, that franchise has been around for over 20 years and it's not really lost any steam at all, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's just, there's always a new legion of Pokemon fans, be mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, through, and, and I mean, to Nintendo's credit, you know, and, and, and the Pokemon company, like, they keep putting out new versions every couple of years, so there's never been time for there to be a real lull in Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's been a really smart strategy. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of games with uh, versions that come out every couple of years, (laughs) uh, my number five pick is Tetris. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So Tetris, uh, I guess this is actually the earliest one on our list, 1984. Um, uh, Created by Alexei Pajitnov in in Russia um, Mm -hmm. as just kind of a dumb project in his computer programming. Uh, He was a computer programmer and just like as a goof made this little thing with blocks that dropped on like a DOS screen mm-hmm. um, and the the gaming historian on YouTube uh, did a like hour long video about the history of Tetris mm-hmm. and it is fascinating and I don't want to repeat any of it because Norm did such a good job making that mm-hmm. but and I know I've mentioned before like it's it's kind of a crash course in international copyright law um, mm-hmm. and some of the problems with that so let's not talk about that Let's talk yeah. about Tetris, Tetris 99, um, which I looked recently, and that is the most played game on my Nintendo Switch. Uh, wow. By a rather wide margin. So, <laughs> yeah. So Tetris 99 uh, came out while Atomic Monsoon was a thing. Wow. Came out in February of 2019. So, yeah, like this podcast is older than that game, arguably. Uh yeah. So it, it was it was free. It's on the Switch and, and I think Steam and you can just play it for free. And if you want to pay 10 bucks for some extra features, you can, but you don't have to. 
mm-hmm. and it's 99 player Tetris Battle Royales. And That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And and it's the the version of Tetris I've played the most was the I want to say it was released in 88 or 89 for the NES for the 8-bit mm-hmm. Nintendo system. Uh, yeah. That one is definitely the one that I've played the most because um, I didn't have a Game Boy growing up. Otherwise, it would have been that version. Yeah, but it, there is a limitation to it because at a certain point, those blocks mm-hmm. just get moving so fast that my both my eyes and my fingers can't keep up. And Tetris 99 never quite gets to that point because you're always competing against other people. And mm-hmm. while I have never won a 99 player battle royale, I have come in second place quite a number of times. So, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am not the best Tetris player in the world, but I'm not the worst and I'm OK with that. So. Yeah. Uh, also, there's daily challenges. Like every day you can log in and they're like, hey, if you, you know, complete this thing, we'll give you a couple of tickets and you can use the tickets to buy different uh, like themes and stuff for your, yeah. your, your Tetrminos. So, yeah, yeah, it's good times. And, you know, free is my favorite price. So <laughs> I do like the word free. Yeah, it's my, my favorite. Oh, go ahead. Were you about to say, was it one of your favorite F words next to food? <laughs> it's my favorite four letter F word, free. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is food. Then it's okay. That's fair. <laughs> Which is also good uh, four letter F word, fair. Indeed. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. What is your, your next top five game? So, my next one, um, this is an interesting one. So, it's called Family Guy Back to the Multiverse. I don't know this game at all. So in, uh, oh God, I don't know what season it was, but in one of the seasons of Family Guy, there is an episode called Road to the Multiverse. It is probably hands down one of the best Family Guy episodes. Okay. I say that because Stewie and Brian travel through the multiverse mm-hmm. and there's just so many meme quality experiences that they have. It's fantastic. Well, the episode was such a big hit. They created a sequel to it in a video game form where... Nice. You switch off from playing Stewie or Brian, and you run around in seven different multiverses uh, facing off against different foes than what you saw in, like, the episode. The episode, they didn't really fight anybody. Um, They just kind of had interesting experiences. In this, though, you actually fight people, and it's really kind of funny. Because, like, there's, like, the first level, to give you an example, is literally a universe strictly made of greek college life okay and they have to fight off a bunch of greek guy like you know greek uh college stu- like you know uh sorority and fraternity college students and it's like what is happening <laughs> like there's a there's a level where they go and face the amish there's a level where they face you know a bunch of chickens uh santa claus and his elves like there's just all these ridiculous levels and they're so funny it's so creative uh and the whole goal is that you're trying to find uh this character named bertram uh who who's a character from the tv series and you're trying to find him and you're trying to stop him but it it was a game that me and my brother played together and we both like he was i want to say i was in like high school at the time and so he was like elementary so he probably should not have been playing this with me (laughs) Probably but we were both sitting there losing it because it was probably some of the funniest thing, we, uh, the funniest game we've ever played together. Fantastic! That's great. So, yeah. Plus, it provides a lot of just really interesting one-liners from the characters when you like punch someone or shoot them with a blaster or something. It's like that has nothing to do with what just happened, but it's great. <laughs> nice, nice. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. What uh, what platform is that on? 
it came out, I believe, for so it says here, window Microsoft uh, Windows. It's like a PC mm-hmm. thing. Uh, yeah. PS3 and Xbox 360. I had the 360 version. Okay. Because my brother had a 360, but I had a PS2. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I asked for it on the 360 version, and that's how we played it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, well, let's stick with some licensed games that are hmm. comedic, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist on Sega Genesis or Mega Drive if you live outside the United States. Okay. Um, uh, everyone just went, what? Why didn't you pick Turtles in Time, Andy? That's the better Turtles game. And you're probably right. It probably is the better Turtles game. Here's the thing about Turtles in Time. It was the first game I played on my Super Nintendo when I got that for Christmas 1992. So I'm just kind of sick of Turtles in Time. Like, mm-hmm. not, I mean, like, whatever. I played it a couple weeks ago. Like, it's not the worst game. Like, I still mm-hmm. enjoy it. But I've played it so many times, I literally can't have any new experiences in that game. Hyperstone Heist came up for the Mega Drive Genesis uh, like a year later. And it uses a lot of the art assets from Turtles in Time. Uh, it's basically the Genesis version of the Super Nintendo other game. But it also adds in a lot of cool elements that were in other Turtles game. So, like, it's not... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's the best Turtles game, because it probably isn't. But it is kind of a a best of Ninja Turtles beat-em-up games. Like, they're... In the original 1989 Turtles arcade game, there's a part where you're fighting through a parking lot and a car comes out and, like, tries to run you over. Mm-hmm. And that they put that into Hyperstone Heist. And it's not mm-hmm. in Turtles in Time, right? There's there's Shredder's Dojo is one of the levels in this, which was on the Nintendo version of the original mm-hmm. arcade game and didn't exist anywhere else. So, mm-hmm. like, there's some cool extra stuff in here that's not in uh, Turtles in Time. It's also the only game, the only Ninja Turtles game to feature Rocksteady, but not feature Bebop, which is weird because they're always seen together. So that is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why Bebop's not in this game at all, Hmm. but for some reason he's not. And uh, yeah. Anyways, the plot of the game is uh, you go through and you beat up a bunch of foot soldiers, but (laughs) because Shredder has acquired the mysterious Hyperstone, which allows him to grow and shrink things, including uh, the entire New York skyline. So it's up to the turtles to defeat Shredder and save their beloved city. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, if you're mad that I picked the Genesis one, pretend I picked Turtles in Time. But I think that this game is is you know almost as good uh, and mm-hmm. gets overlooked because it's based on a game that everyone was already familiar with. Like it's it's that unfortunate thing where people don't like it because it's not something rather mm-hmm. than they don't like it because of what it is. Yeah. Also having a separate run button rather than having to like wait for your guy to speed up when you're walking really speeds up gameplay and I really enjoy that. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Turtles Hyperstone Heist, good times. I like it. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Also right. only available on the Sega Genesis. Never got ported to anything else. So hey. you, you have to go find a Sega Genesis and a copy of that game. Uh, fortunately, it's pretty cheap because it was a Turtles game. So there's a billion of them out there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so unless you want to go the piratey way of emulators, which officially we don't endorse, but I, I know everyone does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have my cartridge. I still have my original Sega Genesis cartridge for that. Um, yeah. Only available on one console ever. So nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. So. My next one, which is funny enough, my third one, which is funny because it's the third game in the series. Hey. And um, 
Oh, geez, I just realized something. Mm -hmm. I just realized a game that I did not put on here. Okay, so it's actually not the third game in the series. It's actually the fourth game in the series. Uh, well, third, fourth, whole series. Eh, either way, it's really good. Yeah. I could not choose between one. But really quickly, I want to make a quick honorable mention that I completely just spaced on, and I just remembered it now. <laughs> yeah, I have whatever. to say, it is a racing game. It is called Burnout 3 Takedown. Oh, that game's so good. I know, it is so awesome. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. On my Spotify playlist, I actually have the theme song that the game boots up with. Nice. So I have, like, Lazy Generation playing, and when I hear it, I'm like, I want to go race some cars on Burnout. So, uh, <laughs> but no, but the, uh, the next one is actually the Mist series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I've mentioned before on this show that I am a huge fan of this game mm -hmm. uh, and the whole series in general, because if you've never played before, Mist is a very puzzle-heavy game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, long story short, a mysterious person, you, the player, falls from the sky, lands on the island of Mist, and has to help a man named Atris discover, you know, if his sons are you know, responsible for burning his missed library. And if so, which son? Or both. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, it's a really interesting game made in the 90s that just kind of, I feel like, broke boundaries with how innovative it looked. Yeah, for sure. And, that, and the kind of the way it all functioned and moved. And it has five games that all have the title missed with it. Um, missed. Riven, the sequel to Mist, mm -hmm. Mist 3 Exile, Mist 4 Revelation, and then Mist 5 End of Ages. I have played all five of these games. They are so much fun. Mm -hmm. They are currently on Steam, which I am very, very tempted to buy because I actually got a copy of the first four games for, the, for my uh, PC, and the tech is so old on those discs, it doesn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that's that's not good. So because they're, thankfully they're on Steam, so I'm like, okay, I can just go download and play them there, um, and everything. But they are just they're so much fun, and they're just they're great puzzle games. They they met. They, I love the way they just kind of make me think harder. And uh, the fourth one is my favorite, just because it's it ups its animation and it ups its quality like that much more. Mm -hmm. I do not like the fifth one because I have some personal issues with the fifth one because the original creators were no longer involved at that point. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the first four, everyone was there. Fifth one, they weren't really there anymore. A new company kind of took over and it just didn't work. Plus, yeah. they kind of threw out the idea of linking through linking books, which is a thing that you use to teleport in the game. And they brought in linking stones. And I'm like, but there's something so magical about touching a book and then having the sound go. So, yeah. So that's my number three, because I, I could not choose one game from it. And it's just, it's so good. It's just so good. I love it so much. I want to go play it now. <laughs> Well, we still got a uh, still got a little while here where we got to finish up some other games, but fair, uh, fair. yeah, we'll get through them so that you can. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to talk about something that no one would expect from me. I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about a sports game. <gasps> sports game, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So this is uh, Mutant League Football by Electronic Arts. Came out in 1993. Also, I believe, exclusive to the Sega Genesis. Now that you say that there was mutants involved, now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mutant League Football is 
basically John Madden football, but everyone mm-hmm. is a skeleton or a, a troll or an alien or a monster of some kind. Nice. Um, and you can set <laughs> the difficulty setting is how bad your guys explode when you tackle them. <laughs> um, so you can literally just tackle someone into bits and like their head flies off and it's 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 actually pretty violent. Uh, Love it. But it's cartoony football. So it, you know, you don't take it seriously. Some of the the different fields, you know, they'll have like landmines or like fire pits or just rocks you can trip over. One of them is made of ice. So your guys like just slide around the whole time and they don't really get good traction. And some of the fields are just set in space. So if you go out of bounds, you just fall into the infinite vastness of the universe. Love it. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) It was believed for the longest time that this was actually just the Madden 93 engine. But there was an interview with the creator, Michael Mendheim, that came out earlier this year. Uh, and he said it was actually built from the ground up. They just happened to talk with the Madden guys a lot. So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone thought that EA just took the Madden game and threw a bunch of monsters and stuff on there. You know, like, well, if we lose the NFL license, then we can do this. Turns out, no, it was just two separate teams that happened to be making similar games. Interesting. Um, and in that interview, uh, it was revealed that the entirety of this game was inspired by the Chicago Bears and their nickname, the Monsters of Midway. Duh, uh, Bears. And, yeah. yeah. And, and Mendheim, the creator, was like, I want to play a football game where you're actually playing as monsters on Midway. And so the default team that you start with is the Midway Monsters. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, uh, the game did well enough that they got okayed to do more Mutant League-style games. So mm-hmm. uh, Mutant League Hockey was quickly put in development because the NHL and Gretzky games were doing pretty well. And then Mutant League Basketball was also put into early development. A two-season animated series based on the concept of monsters playing football was created. And man, I loved that cartoon. And I tried to watch it again recently, and it's not very good. But that's fine. <laughs> Because it's still monsters playing sports. Yep. Uh, Mutant League Hockey got released kind of before it could be finished because EA decided that they didn't want to continue with the Mutant League franchise anymore. Um, They got rebought or a new head, a new person got put in charge or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we want to focus on, you know, the officially licensed simulator style games. Um, mm-hmm. So Mutant League Hockey kind of got rushed out and Mutant League, Mutant League Basketball got canceled before it even could happen, even though there's an ad for it in the manual of Mutant League Hockey. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Mutant League Football is really kind of the one and only game in this franchise that was supposed to be a thing. But, uh, man, if you like old Genesis football games uh, and you want to do something that's other than just dudes running into each other, uh, look it up. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. Also, you can bribe and kill the referee. So... You know, that's pretty good, too. <laughs> that's a little too much power than I need. <laughs> uh, the, ref- the referee will randomly sometimes call penalties for, like, flicking boogers. So, you know. Okay, fair. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a silly, violent football game with a pretty good sense of humor. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, number two. All right, so my next one um, is actually this. Well, it's not the second one in the series. As confusing as that sounds, but it's the second one in the series. I'm talking Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because if you actually actually look at the actual timeline of Kingdom Hearts, it goes Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. There's like Rechain of Memories in the middle somewhere, and then another game, and then it's, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2, and it's just like... 
And then there's like what? seven more games and then Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I'm currently still playing Kingdom Hearts 3. I have been stuck on one level for so long now. It has been fun. Um, but I, I really loved Kingdom Hearts 2 because it was one that I got to play with my best friend. Um, oh, nice. Uh, we actually sat together when we were living together in college and like rooming together and everything. We sat in our living room and we would switch off on control on who had the controller mm-hmm. and we would play all through Kingdom Hearts too. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my God, it took us so long to get through that game because the story is so long. You go to so many worlds and then back to those worlds again and then back to different worlds. And it's just, it it throws you around so much, but something about the length of the game and how long it took to get from point A to point B, I really enjoyed for yeah. some reason. A lot of people didn't like that about the second game. They're like, no, I just want to go there once and then move on. For me, it's like, no, I actually kind of like that we're going back here again because it's pushing the story out longer and it's giving us more information so everything can make sense. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... But yeah, no, I I loved the game, and uh, I remember finding it. I never had Kingdom Hearts as a cop as a game growing up. That a friend of mine across the street from me did, and I always went over and I watched him play the game, and it looked so cool. But I didn't have a copy of it. I didn't know where to get a copy of it at the time. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I just happened to walk with my best friend and like whoever we were with at the time into a vintage game store in Tempe. And sure enough, there it was sitting on the shelf for 15 bucks. I'm like, I'm buying this. Yeah. I'm freaking buying this. Yeah. And it was awesome. so much fun. Um, and I, I, it's still one of my favorites from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Uh, I still need to finish three. I'm thoroughly enjoying three. There's so many beautiful elements and aspects to it, especially the Tangled world. But I'm not done. I'm not done yet. So I don't know how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, I so. mean, that's fine like they're you know we're adults with responsibilities and stuff like i as much as i would love to be like yeah no i still play video games all the time like mm. i have probably played less video games this year than any other gear in my life <laughs> any year of my life after i owned video games yeah uh, yeah but you know what's your being... number two number two codename viper uh i thought you was... were gonna say connect store for a second <laughs> no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Now, Codename Viper came out in either February or March 1990, depending on what country you're in. Its Japanese title was Ningen Keiki Dead Fox, or Human Weapon Dead Fox, which is a way cooler name than Codename Viper, but I totally understand why they why Capcom would have changed that in 1990. It was developed by Arc System Works, but released by and for Capcom. So the plot of this game, as it were, is, is you play as Agent Smith. Ha! <laughs> And you must rescue captives and stop a drug syndicate in South America by running and jumping and shooting. Um, Love it. Every level, there's a commando uh, that you have to rescue who will give you grenades so you can blow up the wall at the end of the stage. And there's like a little cutscene between levels where each of those commandos gives you another piece of a communique that was sent up by the leader of the syndicate, which reveals the sinister truth of their plot. Um, Dun, dun, dun! it's, It's seven... Seven levels in South America and then one level back in North America. I I was doing some research on this game because I didn't remember when it came out exactly. And I came across a, a blog called the Subspace Briefcase. And they had an interesting quote. Uh, there's a whole article about code. There's actually a couple articles about Codename Viper on that site. Uh, but one of the lines on Subspace Briefcase said, 
it would be diplomatic to say that Codename Viper was heavily inspired by Namco's Rolling Thunder video game. It would mm -hmm. be accurate to say that nearly every aspect of Codename Viper's design was outright stolen from Rolling Thunder, which is true. <laughs> so one of my good friends from Def M Records, he came over and we, we were like, let's have an old school game night. And you just played a bunch of old school Nintendo games. And I pulled out Codename Viper. and He's like, oh, I, I've never heard of this game. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, let's pop it in and play because this is one of my favorite games from when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I got halfway through the first level and he was like, holy F, dude, this game is just rolling thunder. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, dude, like everything, like the character sprite, the way he moves, like all of his animation poses, it's literally rolling thunder, but done by Capcom. And I was like, that's crazy. So the next time we went to his house, we popped in rolling thunder. And I was like, oh, this is Namco doing Capcom's Codename Viper. Crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I looked into it. It turns out, yeah, Rolling Thunder predates Codename Viper by a couple of years because it was an arcade game. It turns out what happened was is Namco hired Arc System Works, who uh, more recently have made, you know, Dragon Ball Fighters and the Guilty Gear games. So Arc did the home port of Rolling Thunder for the 8-bit Nintendo. Wow. And then somehow rejiggered the game and made Codename Viper. And got Capcom to publish it. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, no one really like, like documentation about video games in the late 80s and early 90s isn't like kept like it is today. Also, there wasn't the internet, right? So we don't have like random tweets from people who worked on the game, like talking about this weird experience. So yeah. the, this is from back in the era where like, all of the credits were done under code names because the companies didn't want their developers being headhunted by other companies. So we don't really know who worked on the game, except that probably it was Arc System Works. And like, we don't know what the story is as to like why, why they just ripped off this other game that they ported for another company and then sold it to this other company. Anyways, it's super fun. I really enjoy it. And it's, it's been one of my favorite games since I got it for Christmas randomly one year, probably in 1990. So nice. Yeah. What is your number one favorite game, I guess? So my number one favorite to the surprise of literally nobody, or maybe the surprise of everybody, I don't know. I think I've I've mentioned the game on Atomic Monsoon before. When I, I can't remember. Yeah, I think I know exactly which game you're gonna talk about. Star Wars Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, the video game. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, I've mentioned this before, but this this game primarily follows the the events of Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. It follows it pretty much to a T. There are some levels and elements that they add to it that you don't actually see in the film in the sense of like, we don't really see Anakin walk into the Jedi Temple killing younglings. I mean, we see the hologram, but we don't see him actually do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In this, you actually do it. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't think he actually kills young. I don't, I don't, we get to that scene, and they, it's just a, it's just a it's just a clip. But sure. you do see him fighting other Jedi in the temple. Yeah. So it's either way, it's still heartbreaking. It's still hard to watch, but it's also a lot of fun to play. But the thing with this game is that you know I, I think I've mentioned it before. It's still hands down one of my favorites. If I could get a copy of it for the PS4, meaning just like PlayStation Network or whatever, I would sit and I would replay this game from the beginning and just remember how awesome it was. <laughs> It had a multiplayer like battle mode where you could face off against literally any other characters 
well, a certain list of characters, but either way, you could still face off against them. And what was great is if, like, you and your friend both picked the same character. Like, if you both picked Dooku, mm-hmm. the one the one who's in the first player position will get regular Count Dooku, and then the one who's in the other position will get, like, Jedi Count Dooku. Nice. With, like, nice. a green lightsaber or something. And it's just, it's the craziest thing. But the game itself is just so, so well done. At least I thought it was, and I probably need to replay it again to remember how well done it actually was. But it still has one of the craziest alternate endings to a video game I have ever seen, which I think right. I, I think I have mentioned on the show before, which is where Anakin kills Obi Wan right. and then walks yeah. away, and we're all like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, what did you do?" Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. my number one. Still love it with all my heart. <laughs> well, my number one game is also a sequel, but not based on a movie. Uh, Mega, yeah, Mega Man 2. Um, no surprise. Yeah, yeah. Released in December 1988 by Capcom. And I think it came out in like early 89 in the US um, for the original 8-bit Nintendo. It's been ported to basically everything. I think I have rebought this game like five or six times because just the classic Mega Man games are, are amongst my favorites. It's it's Street Fighter and Mega Man are my two, my two like favorite franchises. Um, but Mega Man 2 is, of course my favorite of the Mega Man's. You've seen me play. There was that one day I brought the Switch into work and uh, the power yeah, the went power out. Edge, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one day the, the power went out at work and it was like, well, let's you know hang out for a little while in case the power comes back on. And I was like, okay, I happen to have my Switch for my bus ride. And uh, yeah, I think I played through like half the game in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, you, you, it took you no sweat. Like You were just like, there. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were just having a conversation, and I was like, just not looking at you. I was looking at the screen playing because I've played but this game so many times. In conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't have to pay attention to the first half of this game anymore because it's yeah. it's difficult. But when you've been playing the same game over and over again for almost thirty years, right, you get pretty good at it. I'm not one of those people that tries to speed run games and tries to you know get the best scores or the best times or anything. I just like playing games for fun. Uh, yeah. And Mega Man 2 is one of those games that, like, if I just need to kind of unwind, like, I will just pop that in or pull it up or whatever, depending on what platform I just want. I want to play it on today. And I'll just sit down and I'll play it. And, you know, often I'll just beat the eight robot masters and get to Dr. Wily's castle and, you know, be good. Sometimes I'll play all the way through. You know, sometimes I'll play until I die, which many times is pretty far in the game <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah uh, i kind of feel like i don't need to explain Mega Man, but you know Mega Man is a little blue robot hero who runs and jumps uh a jumps b shoots just like codename yep. viper just like basically every old nintendo game and the trick to Mega Man, the thing that sets it apart from other running jumpy platforming games is you get to pick which of the eight stages you start in and then once you defeat all those, you go to the, the boss castle at the end. And when you beat one of the robot master bosses, you get to obtain their weapon. Nice. So, yeah. So when you beat, you know, so Mega Man 2, you beat Metal Man, you get his Metal Gear weapon, which is, or Metal Blade, uh, which is a gear, which is the most overpowered weapon in any Mega Man game, far and away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you beat Airman, you get the air shooter, you get to shoot a little couple tornadoes like he does and stuff. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, so literally, the more you progress in the game, the more powerful you become. But it's not an RPG. <laughs> yeah and it's i don't know like i said it's just it's one of those games that i will pop in and play just to unwind at night so uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah Mega Man 2 Very and nice. that's it that's, that's it that's, uh yeah so that's 16 games for you guys that you can go you can go check out a couple of mine are available on the switch right now so most most of mine mm-hmm. actually metal slug street fighter tetris 99 and Mega Man 2 
you know, mm-hmm. go get for the Switch right now. <laughs> yeah. Mine are, I think, aside from Let's Go Pikachu, and yeah, a lot of mine are PS2, PlayStation-based, or sure. they aren't around no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Code Name Viper, I don't think ever came up for anything except the NES. Like I said, Mutant League Football and Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist are only on the Genesis. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, hey, there are some shops that are open right now that could use some patronage. You could use some money. You know, I I like games that happen to be pretty cheap. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, I think you could probably go in and get every game that I listed today for under $100. Like, all of them at once. Probably not mine, though. (laughs) Probably not yours. uh, Because, yeah, some of yours are are newer. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think if you picked up a couple, you could pick up a Street Fighter game. Symphony Night might be a little expensive at this point, depending on where you get it. Uh, yeah, Metal Slug Three, depending. On, uh, I don't know. Anyways, at least my top five. You can get Hyperstone Heist, Codename Viper, Mutant League Football, and Mega Man Two in some form for under hundred bucks, and then Tetris Ninety Nine is free. So yeah, free. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you have a, a local used game store, not GameStop, because they don't do anything older than a generation and a half ago. Um, that's true but uh you know hey if you if you are willing to brave the elements right now you know eh, pop in drop drop 20 bucks on, a, on an old game <laughs> do it yeah it's a lot of fun yeah hey uh listeners what are your favorite games you should go to atomic monsoon on social media and tell us and you can do that by going to atomic monsoon on twitter and facebook or atomic underscore monsoon on instagram uh or just straight up email us at atomic monsoon at gmail.com and uh, if we get responses that we like, we will read them on the air. Yes, we will. Yeah. So check yeah. out our Redbubble store too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can get an Atomic Monsoon mask, and then you can wear that to the game store, and you can tell them to listen to us as well. Spread the word. Spread it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing we want you with spreading right now. Is the word and love. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You should always spread love. Always spread the love, yo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And with that, listeners, we love you. And that's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Ba-da-ba-ba-da-bye. Turns out it wasn't an album that got released. Turns out it wasn't an album that got released from the Saturn 3 next last week. Jesus. And you have to rescue rescue some captives and stop a drug drug. Talking is hard, man. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be the tag at the end.